Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Remembrance Sunday service, a special service when, together with the, the rest of the country, we remember and uh, we give thanks to God for those servicemen and women who've given their lives so we can enjoy the peace and freedom that we have today. Warm welcome to any guests who may be with us today, and a warm welcome to those watching online as well. At 11 o'clock, we will stand for the uh, two-minute silence, and after that, the children will then go to their, their rest club groups. If you have got uh, younger children who are feeling a little bit restless at that point, feel free to use the crash facilities that are over there to, to my right. It's helpful, therefore, to be reminded of these words at the start of our service from Psalm 46, which are very appropriate for us today on this Remembrance Sunday. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Well, a refuge is a place of security, like our home, where we can feel safe. And if God is our refuge, then it doesn't matter where we are or what our trouble is. We don't need to be afraid because we know God is with us. He will protect us when we call out to him. So let's do that now as we pray together. Our Father in heaven, as we remember this morning with gratitude those who've given their lives for us so we can enjoy peace and freedom. Help us to remember you and all you have done for us, not least the great act of sacrifice of your son, the Lord Jesus, who gave his life that we may enjoy the greatest peace, peace with you. Thank you that you are a wonderful refuge in times of trouble and conflict where we can always feel secure where we can experience your help and strength and need not worry. So we pray you would fill our hearts this morning with thankfulness, that you would take away our fears and worries, and we would know that you are with us and will protect us. Our Father in heaven, we praise you that although this world at times seems in a hopeless state, a state of despair, you are still in control. You are God, and you are to be worshipped. We thank you that Jesus came to establish a, a new kingdom, a kingdom where love and peace reign, a kingdom where people can be free from their selfish desires and live at peace with you and with each other. And we look forward to the day when Jesus will come again and all will be made new. There will be no more war or death, or sadness, or crying. We pray that you would give us patience as we wait for that day. 
And in the meantime, we pray for all those who continue to suffer because of war. Pray for widows, for orphans, and all who are bereaved. The wounded, the crippled, the deaf, the dumb, and the blinded. The shell-shocked and the traumatized. Refugees without home, work, or country. Grant them all your healing and strength, your help and consolation. And use us in this service, we pray. We pray for peace in your world, for all national leaders, that they may have wisdom to know and courage to do what is right. Guide them in the ways of freedom, justice and truth. Lord, we thank you that you sent your son as the Prince of Peace. And we pray that through the witness of your people, others may come to know the love of Jesus Christ in their lives and experience reconciliation with you and peace in their souls. We're sorry where we fail to show the love of Jesus to others, but we fail to be the peacemakers you have called us to be. Where we've done and said things which have caused division instead of unity. Forgive us, we pray. And we pray for those who've caused us pain through their words or actions. Help us to forgive them as you have forgiven us. And Father, we pray that you lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're going to stand now with the, the nation to remember in silence before God all those who have died in war. I'm going to watch a, a video uh, which starts with a bugler playing the, the last post and then leads into the, the two-minute silence. Uh, the silence finishes with the buglers playing what's called the Reveille. Um, there are some images on the screen which you can watch if you like. Otherwise, if you prefer to close your eyes and remember um, in that way, that's fine as well.
Almighty God, we rejoice in your promise of love, joy and peace. In your mercy, turn the darkness of death into the dawn of new life and the sorrow of parting into the joy of heaven. Through our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who died, rose again and lives forevermore. Amen. If you want to be looking in your Bibles to the passage which Colin is going to come up and preach on in a minute, it's Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. You'll find that on page 673 of the Church Bibles. One of uh, the greatest challenges I think that many people face today is the challenge of loneliness. Because to be lonely in life is really, really hard. A friend of mine who lived in Italy for a year as a missionary, she told me that at times the feeling of loneliness was such that it, it was almost physically painful. Because to be lonely is to be painful. It is painful. In a way, it's a bit like being a lone soldier. The feeling of being all alone. As whatever age and stage you are, whether you're elderly, a teenager, middle-aged, married or single, being lonely can be really challenging. And so how might we speak into that this morning? How is it that God provides help to us? How might he help us? People who may be at times the busiest of people, but at the same time feeling lonely and disconnected. Well, turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 4. If you don't uh, have a Bible, the, the verses will be on the screen as I read them to you. Ecclesiastes 4, and it's verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Let's briefly pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would help us to receive it as your word, that you would transform us by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. As we reflect on, on the challenge of loneliness, we're really going to think about it uh, through three simple things, three simple numbers. One, two, and three. So firstly, the problem of one. Immediately when you read this passage, we realize that there is an issue, as we're told that two are better than one. And so there is a problem, the problem of one. And that's, at this point, this point really points us all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, where in Genesis, God made mankind in his image, in the image of God, he created them, as God has created each one of us in his image to live in right relationship with him, to know him, to love him, and to submit our lives to him, as we see his goodness, his love, his faithfulness, and his love for us. 
And everything up to this point in Genesis and creation is called good. As again and again as God creates, he calls it good. And so there's a jarring moment when God says in Genesis 2, it is not good for man to be alone. When we think about those who have fought and continue to fight uh, for our freedom today in the military and other armed services, uh, we're reminded there is strength in numbers. As soldiers will almost never fight alone because they have no backup. Because in the brutality of a war zone, the lone soldier is a dead soldier. And it's the same for us today. We are not made to be alone. And yet some today, well, they might say that living alone without much connection to other people, well, that's fine. There's no big issue with it. I remember watching a documentary a few years ago called Life Below Zero, and it was following the lives of, of people living in freezing cold rural Alaska. You definitely won't find my wife there unless they turn up the central heating. In one of the stories, they follow a guy, a guy called Eric. And Eric, he lives out in the outback by himself in Alaska. And Eric is, is asked by the, the documentary maker, is it not quite lonely out here, living by yourself, living off the land? And he would always say, no, no, I'm very happy. Thanks very much. I'm very happy being on my own out here. But today, Eric's life is quite different. Eric is now married with a son. Because even the man that lived in remote Alaska had to acknowledge that being alone is not good. Because I don't know about you, but as you read through these verses, the only time that I've actually heard these verses being read is at a wedding. Is that one recently and they read these verses? As in Genesis, it says it's, it's not good for, for man to be alone. And so God makes Eve and they are joined together as one flesh, as husband and wife. And yet the problem that many of us face, even as mature, godly Christians is the fact that marriage itself doesn't bring that ultimate fulfillment that many of us hope that it might. Because especially at weddings, the implication made by preachers, probably indirectly, is that if you're not married, well, you're not actually complete. To be single is to be less, to be lacking in some way. And some might even then start to interpret that to say, well, is God unhappy with me? Or even worse still, is he angry with me? Because I haven't found someone to get married to. And yet our greatest problem is not if we're married or not. Our greatest problem has nothing really to do with our relationship status. Our greatest problem is that we have severed the relationship that we had with the living God of all the universe. As we are made to live in right relationship with him but instead we have said this is my life don't touch you are not the boss of me i am the king this is my life i will do what i want not you king god we have rejected god and therefore instead of knowing his blessing and favor we fall under his wrath now our relationship with God has been fractured as we've turned our backs on him and become darkened in our thinking and in our hearts. 
All this because we have rejected our maker and our creator. As to live for ourselves leads to destruction, eternal destruction. Because there is a problem, the problem of one. And so we need help. We need the help of two. If you're married, you know that uh, two can be helpful, especially when it comes to looking for stuff. Uh, recently, I was looking for scissors, actually, to, to uh, cut up my notes. And I said to Vicky, babe, have you seen my scissors? To which she said, yeah, have you tried the drawer? And I said, yeah, of course I've tried the drawer. I, I, I always look, uh, that's where we normally keep them, isn't it? And then she looks for me and she says, do you mean, uh, do you mean these scissors? Do you mean these ones here? <laughs> because she manages to find things, which clearly I can't. Because we're told in Ecclesiastes that two are better, for, better than one for many reasons. Two are better than one because they produce far more and have a, a good return for labor. Or if one person falls and the other can help them. Like, for instance, if you're walking in the hills and break your ankle, you might need someone to help you. Or you could just call the air ambulance. Or if you're lost in the wilderness, uh, you might need to survive, and so you want to have body heat to keep uh, yourself warm and the other person, and so you lie down with someone. Or if you're in a war zone, uh, one person may be overpowered, but two can defend themselves. And you see these sort of things uh, working out, really, when we watch shows like uh, the SAS, Who Dares Wins, very popular show on TV. And they push people it's so hard that they want to quit at times because they realize that on their own, on their own, they're done for. But when they work together, they thrive. Because being a soldier, especially someone in, in the special forces, you need to be both physically fit and you also need to be really mentally fit as well, mentally tough as you prepare to enter a combat zone. And so we should pray for our armed services and those in other uh, other areas as they seek to to risk their lives to secure our freedom and maintain the peace both here and abroad because if we think of our our greatest need we realize that our greatest need is not in our our work our labors at work it's not in preventing uh, ourselves from falling it's not in keeping us warm in the wilderness it's not even actually in our personal safety no our greatest need is to be defended from the very last enemy, death. Because all death comes to us all. But the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 15, he asked the question, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. As friends, at the cross and in his resurrection, Jesus conquers death. In his resurrection from the dead, our Lord Jesus declares victory. As one writer says, the resurrection means the death of Jesus was enough. Enough to atone for sin, enough to reconcile us to God, enough to present us holy in God's presence. Christ won. Sin, death, and the devil lost. That is the good news of the empty tomb. Because truly, Jesus is our help. Jesus is our help. 
Jesus helps those who cannot help themselves. As Jesus helps us by liberating us from our sin, that we would turn and worship him. Because marriage doesn't complete us. Jesus does. Jesus is our truest helper. Jesus doesn't warm our bodies, but he warms our hearts as we receive his love and forgiveness. And so there is a question for each one of us to to answer. Do you know the love and the forgiveness in Jesus for yourself? Do you know Jesus as your helper? Do you know Jesus as your savior? Jesus as your friend? If you're not sure, then, then why not pick up maybe a gospel just on your way out? Uh, just read it for yourself as you look at all the eyewitness accounts uh, of who Jesus was and, and why he came. Or maybe if you'd like to know more, uh, we're running a course in January, uh, starting on the January 9th, about what, what's life all about, asking the big questions of life. Uh, we'll be asking lots of questions, and so please do come along to that. If you have friends, do invite them along. If you're not sure who Jesus is or what you think about him, please do ask myself or Neil or others, maybe a Christian friend that's come with you, as we think about what does that mean to know Jesus as our helper? Because we do have a problem and we do need help. As there's the problem of one, the help of two, and then the love of three. In verse 12, we're told that a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. At weddings, uh, often you hear the teaching that uh, as a husband and wife are bound together in a relationship, as they put God at the center, then their lives and their marriage will be strong. That they are those three strands. And whilst that's in some sense true, we want to maybe lift our eyes even higher to have a higher vision of this. As all of God's word tells us something of who God is. As we know that there is a strand that can never be broken. That is the eternal bond of love found in the Trinity. That in the three distinct persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, everyone is bound up in the relationship of love together. The eternal, undying, unceasing love of God found in the very being of God himself. Because God is not like love. God is love. That is who he is. As wonderfully, God needs nothing from us. He is the one who is the very source of all goodness, all truth, all beauty, all love. Because God is love. And he invites each one of us to be drenched in that love for ourselves to know the fullness of the love of God in Jesus Christ as three strands cannot be quickly broken but three eternal bonds of love can never be broken and this is the love that that God holds out to each one of us an unbreakable undying soul satisfying love the love of God. This is what we're made for. 
an eternal, all-consuming relationship of love with God, our Father, our Maker and Creator. Because as we think of these verses, the dominant theme is not actually that of a wedding, but it's more so that of a friendship. I don't know if you have good friends yourself, but over the years I've sought to do that, sought to seek good friends. During my seminary studies, I was really intentional and built good friendships with Len and Andrew. These were two of my groomsmen at my wedding. Andrew was my best man. And we have a WhatsApp group entitled The Three Amigos. Len's a teacher in the jacket on the, on the, on the left or your right. He's a teacher in the south of Dublin. Uh, He teaches in a high school and he has five kids and preaches regularly at his church. We pray for Len a lot. And then there's Andrew in the middle. Uh, He's married with two kids and is a pastor and church planter in Belfast. Uh, Since completing our studies together, uh, we've tried to meet up uh, once a year for some good food, good fun, and to pray for one another as well. And so over the weekend, when we spend that time together, uh, we say to one person, the floor is yours. Tell me what's going on in your life. Tell me what's going on in your heart. How's your marriage? How's your family? How's your work? How's your walk with the Lord? We pour our hearts out uh, to one another as we look to encourage one another in life and in faith. Uh, Maybe... I would really encourage you, if you don't have a relationship with people like that, especially if you're a bloke, because we're not very good at it, uh, then please do seek these things. Ask that awkward question of someone uh, that you would seek uh, to build uh, good friendships with others. Maybe that's something we could chat about uh, over lunch as well. Pray for good friendships. Pray that you would have intentional and deep friendships. As we seek to, to live out the love of God with one another through good friends. As our friendships are really only but a pale reflection of our true and best friend. As the old hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can come to you anytime in prayer, come to you as our savior and as our friend. And we thank you that you have saved us when we trust in you, you have saved us from our sins, that we can come close to you and know you as our friend. We pray for anyone here this morning that if they have yet to trust in you, that they would do so to know the love of God, the forgiveness of sins found in Jesus Christ. This we ask in his name. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your perfect friendship. Thank you that we can trust in you for everything. We can trust in you with our whole lives. We can trust that you'll never forsake us. You'll never neglect us. So we pray now you would uh, show your, your love for us, your friendship to us. And Lord, we do 
Thank you that we have one another as well, that you've given us each other to encourage us when we do feel physically lonely in this life. We do lift up those here who may be experiencing that right now. We do pray for those who've been recently widowed. Pray for Alan. We pray for Wendy. Pray for others, Lord, who are struggling in that situation. Lord, thank you that we can share time together now, and we do pray for your blessing on the rest of our time together. Over refreshments, over lunch. Lord, help us to share our lives with one another and to be able to speak your comfort and truth into one another's lives. So bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please uh, take a seat. We do hope you've enjoyed your time with us uh, this morning. And um, very welcome to join us again this evening at 6 o'clock. Jeff Wood's going to be preaching on our series on 1 Thessalonians, so do please come back for that. Um, there's cards out there, Christmas cards for our missionaries, so do please uh, take the opportunity to sign those before you, before you go. And um, yes, enjoy, enjoy some refreshments. Let me just close now with some words of encouragement. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.